following is paid programming and does not necessarily express views, opinions, and beliefs of 94.5 WGTK The Answer and our parent company, the Salem Media Group. The sponsor of this program is solely responsible for its content. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, your host. Today, we got Scott Bradford in the house. Tracy is off. If you want to get involved in what we're talking about, you can always call us. We're live at 864-235-9405. That's 864-235-9405. Tracy's on the lake today. If it, I don't think he's going to make it too far on the lake because it's supposed to be raining. So mate, That's what he deserves. If he's going to take a day off, it should <laughs> rain if he's going to the lake. So... And we've been buying and selling and selling and buying, always looking for more property to buy, looking for more properties to manage. Um, the cool thing about having Scott here, he's our real estate agent in the office that sells the flips that we flip. And he also places the families and the houses that we sell or finance. So if you ever thought about switching gears and not renting and becoming a lender instead of a landlord, um, you might want to hang on because we talk about that a lot when Scott's here. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to FlexibleSeller.com to check out our website. I don't know if there's any inventory. Scott, do we have any inventory? Very little. We're on the radio. You can talk more about inventory. <laughs> why Why is the inventory so small? I've just sold them all. I mean, it's and, uh, we're, we've created a win-win situation for folks that enables folks to, you know, be a homeowner without throwing their money. I mean, rental rates are through the roof in Greenville, right? So people are like, hey, man, I'd rather buy and actually start building equity than just putting my money in rent and losing it. So, so. if we had, to what extent, if we had more inventory, could we place tenants in the properties? To what, we could move them pretty quick if we had... If we had 10 more right now, could we place them in the next couple of weeks? Yes. 20 more? It's hard to say, but I'll just tell you that I get a lot of calls a week asking when we're going to have more inventory. And do we have any houses or is it just condos right now? All we have is the condos and we do have a few houses coming on in the next couple of weeks, but... Okay, so if you're... We need in, more inventory. So, and, so if you're interested in buying a house or a condo, Without having to go to the bank and qualify. Maybe you've had a divorce and your credit's been dinged. Maybe you own your own business. You don't have it, uh, tax returns for the long, long enough to prove that you, to a bank that you can actually afford it. Maybe, um, you just don't want to deal with a bank. Maybe you just want the seller to finance for you. Um, go to flexibleseller.com. We do pull your credit. We do check your background. We do make sure that the person that we place in the property can afford it. But we just don't have as rigid a box to fit in as a bank does. Yeah, I just tell folks, because that scares some folks, I just tell them and say, look, we look for folks above a 500, which is very generous, right? I want to make sure they have three times the monthly income than the, the monthly payment on the property. We're not, we're not in to hurt anybody. We don't want to kill anybody. We want to make sure they can afford it. And I want to make sure they can, you know, pass a criminal background check. They haven't been evicted from anywhere in the last two or three years. So the previous show, they talk about mortgages a lot. And I didn't catch it as we were driving in this morning. But the debt-to-income ratio that a bank wants is in the ballpark of 45%. So if we're making sure that only 33% of your income um, is set aside for the mortgage payment, then that's under 45 so we're really about the same as a bank. The difference is the bank's going to only want to see 45% total. So maybe 
somebody you went out and bought a car and they've got a big car payment and the car payment's going to be in being on their credit for another couple of years and now their debt to income ratio with the car payment and the house they want's up in the 50 percent range well the bank's not going to lend it's not going to match whereas we're going to probably go ahead and do that deal we're probably willing to go ahead and let the family that can make the debt now we do get a down payment so we have some money and they have skin so that there are 100 percent programs out there with a bank so you can go to the bank right now in certain areas um like the houses that we're building usda loans you don't have to even make a down payment which is what's scarier for you scott if you were going to finance somebody would you prefer them to have good credit and a low debt to income and they make no down payment or would you prefer for them to put I don't know, 5% down and their debt to income ratio be a little bit high and their credit be a little bit low. What makes you feel more comfortable? I think I want a little bit more cash up front. Yeah, me too. I mean, so that, so even though the programs out there, you may be able to qualify with the bank, even though you're riskier in my brain sometimes. Sure. Because you don't have, if you don't have anything to lose, it's hard to lose. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. If I didn't make a down payment. That's right. And I move in the house and I lose my job the very next week and I hadn't even made a pay- house payment yet. And I realized if I start making this house payment, I'm going to be out of cash very, very soon. What do I have to lose? Uh, my moving money. I mean, I didn't, I didn't take a check to the closing to buy the house. So there's less to lose. I mean, granted, your credit's going to get really bad, you know, sure, really hurt. But I mean, what good's credit if you don't have a job to buy something anyway? Yeah. So, so it could happen that, that the family that goes in and now we've had the, the opposite and we can tell horror stories too. Out of the probably, I was thinking about this on the way in. We managed 300 or so. You've probably placed 500. If I had to guess 500 families over oh, the, sure. this has been, we started in 2000 and is it eight years? To, what is, what year is it? 2018? About eight years. So in eight years, you've probably placed 500. That's what? 40 a year? Is that right? Four times eight. That's about right. Mm-hmm. 40 a year. Would that be reasonable? Maybe that's a little bit high. 30 a year. Well, six times eight is 48. I went to Clemson. It's hard <laughs> for me to do math this early in the morning. But out of all of those folks, um, we did have one that ne- that didn't make the payment the very first time. I can remember one. I can remember a guy that put $10,000 down and never made another payment. Now, that is extremely rare. I mean, that now, is just almost unheard so of. So the family qualified, pulled their credit, got the, they had the income, they had the background check. They weren't, you know, axe murderers or anything. That's right. Um, they weren't pedophiles or nothing like that. So we let them go ahead and move in, put the 10000 down. The client, that wasn't one of my houses. I would have remembered that. Yeah. The client gets their cash. We only charge $2,500 is our max to place a family. So the client gets the $7,500. On on a $10,000. Now, if you're listening, the client is the owner of the house that hired us to manage it. Okay. So the, so the homeowner that hired us to manage it in the unique way we manage it receives the $7,500 and then he didn't get a payment the very next month. Yeah. So what did he say or she? Was it a man or a woman? Do you remember? The, t- the tenant or the owner? The owner. Well, they weren't happy. They wanted to know why they weren't getting paid. Yeah. And what did you say? 
I said, I have no idea. We reached out to the folks that were in the house and asked them why he wasn't paying. And did they end up moving or what happened? No, they made our life pretty miserable for about six months. Okay. And then what happened after that? Did we get them out? Yes. And then did you get another down payment? Um, no, that guy was a little upset that, you know, this is the one, this is the, the one out of 500. There you go. Which I get it. He's, you know, <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell. You, you, know, you know, people are, they come in all shapes and sizes. So I mean, the, so the next person that we place put, may have put in 10,000 down and paid for 30 years straight. I don't know, even in my own personal deals, I don't know of anybody. I've never experienced anybody that puts $10,000 down and walks away. So even though it took six months, that still paid the $7,500. Sure, they were compensated for it. You know, paid for the six months of aggravation. What if you didn't get a down payment? Oh, that wouldn't have been like Christmas. Oh, that'd been ugly. Yeah, that's why down payments are important. So if if you're just tuning in and wonder what we're talking about, we are DHP Real Estate. You can go to our website flexibleseller.com. We specialize in seller-financed properties. If you want to hire us to manage your property and rent it, we're the wrong company. We don't rent stuff. We seller-finance it. We believe it's a smarter move. Um, It saves you more money. It makes you more money. So if you want to learn more about how that works, you can go to flexibleseller.com. Scott's phone number is right there on the website. You can learn more about how we um, manage properties. And we only charge 50 bucks a month. So if you're paying more than 50 bucks a month, um, you probably could make more money letting us manage your property. Again, that's FlexibleSeller.com. We're coming up on the first break of the program. Now is a great time to call in and get your questions answered about seller-financed houses. The number here is 864-235-9405. Call in right now to get your question answered at 235-9405. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Diller. If you just tuned in, I'm here with Scott Bradford. He's our real estate agent in our office that seller finances the properties that we manage. He also does our flip sales. So if you ever bought a house from us that we fixed up to sell, Scott was the guy that listed it in the MLS and took all the calls and dealt with all the other real estate agents to get the house sold. Maybe you've lent us money before. If you've one of our lenders and you're listening, Scott probably listed the property and got it sold to get you paid back. So uh, the lenders that lend us money, Scott doesn't necessarily get to meet them, but they'll lend us money to buy a house. Like, what do, what do we have on the market right now? The one in Runyon pops in my head because it mm-hmm. feels like we've had it forever in this market, but it's only been, what, six weeks on the market? Yes. Six weeks feels like forever. Can you believe that? When we first started working together, six months <laughs> was a long time. To get a to wait on a house to sell, it's a different market. So six weeks feels like forever, but that house is in Inman. It's listed for one sixty nine. One sixty nine is three two brick ranch on an acre. It's nice. Okay, and we've got a show. We had showings. We've had close, but not nothing happened. But somebody lent us the money to buy that property. So there's a lender that lent the money for us to buy and remodel the property. If I remember correctly. We borrowed 120000 so It's popping in my head. I'm not positive. So somebody is earning interest on their 120 with a first mortgage against the property that we are on, in the process of trying to sell for 170 So it's a really safe loan for the investor because even if we have to drop the price to 160 150 140 130 
They're in good shape. They're in good shape. You know, we get it down to 130 and then we can still sell it and pay the commissions and, and interest probably. We get it down to 120. I'm going to have to bring some money to a closing and that house would be gone. That house at 150, that house would be gone in 10 minutes. Okay. Well, let's make it be gone at 170 in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That, that's where I remember when I first met you, you would do this. I know people can't see this. He would kind of take the magic I, wand and wave it. Just, that's the force. I'd use the force, yeah. Use the magic wand. To, we've used the magic wand to make people current before. That's, yeah. that's what you're probably thinking Just about. Just wave your hand in front yeah. of them. Like, you, you meet with a family that comes in. They're a payment behind your seller financing the house to them. And um, I, I had this one that pops in my head before you were, were working for us. It was a 10,000 down guy. His payment was 450 a month. Okay. It was a nice newer house that we picked up from a builder that was struggling back during the recession. So we picked it up cheap enough that I could afford to give him a payment of 450. Now we were marketing it for like 650. But when I pulled his credit and, and looked at his income, I said, we can do this, but I'm going to have to give you a payment of 450. What, what, why? Well, because your income doesn't match up for a payment more than 450. But since you're putting so much down and 10,000 back then was a lot down for this particular house. So that was probably over 10% down for that house, probably an $80,000 house. That takes a lot of risk away, doesn't it? Yeah. So sure as the world, they come in six months later. And they're behind. They're a couple payments behind. And I told them, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I said, I'm going to wave the magic wand. You are now current. What? What do you mean? You're current. I said, you don't owe me anything. The 450 you didn't pay the two months ago and this month is paid just like it. you paid it. I said, you now owe the 450 coming up on the first of the following month. I said, but guess what? You will not make it. I said, you will not make it. I don't know why. I said, because every time I've used the magic magic wand wand and helped somebody, they never made it. And guess what? They didn't make it. They didn't make it. It was only a couple months later that they just, they they couldn't make it. But see how much there's a second side to this. See how much easier it is to deal with a private lender than it is a bank. Well, yeah. If they were going in, stepping foot in a bank, they it would. I don't think they have a magic wand at the bank. The the bank, yeah, the bank has a magic wand, but you (laughs) have to, you have to owe them. Yeah. More than what the value of the property is. And when I was talking to another investor about that this week, if, if, if it's up to me and I'm picking what I owe on everything I own, I would like to owe nothing or a hundred percent. Because if I owe a hundred percent and I hit a hard time, well, me and the bank becomes partners. Sure. And we work it out. If I owe nothing, well, it's a way safer. You understand? Oh, if I sure. if I owe fifty percent, now we're talking about banks, not private and private lenders. Private lenders are are easy to deal with, no matter how much you owe. I don't mind owing fifty percent to a to a private investor because that's safe for them. That's safe for me. If if times go get bad, I can always sit down with them and go, "Hey, can I?" Um, sure. Is it okay People with are you? Reasonable. Yeah. Is it okay with you if I? If I make a you know, move your mortgage over into another property that's making sense for you and sell this thing um, and get me out of this mistake I made. And private lenders will go, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. I don't mind you owing me on that instead of this or whatever. We can work that out. But 
in which we've done that during the recession. The one house that we struggled to sell, that's exactly how we solved the problem. The, the private lender, when we finally got it sold, it was for way more. Way he we owed him more, way more than we got it sold for, and that was recession when we were so cash strapped. He was willing to go ahead and let us owe him on a different house mm-hmm. that had a lot more value in it, yeah, and we just kept making his interest. So it, it the fixed the beauty of private lenders. It, it fixed his issue, it fixed my issue. Sure. So it was a perfect perfect setup. But if it's a bank, the bank can't do that. No, they answer to shareholders. That doesn't work. Yeah, so. Oh, 100% or 90 or 80% only everything with a bank. Oh, zero is the two choices. So if you want to add anything to that, if you got any comments or opposing viewpoints, maybe got questions about how we sell or finance houses, we're live today. It's going to rain, I think. It looks like it might be raining soon. So you forget about going to the lake. <laughs> Give us a call at 864-235-9405. That's 864-235-9405 to get your questions answered about how we buy and sell real estate, how we flip houses. I was also looking at um, the numbers that we've been in the over the years. I think we have flipped about 200 of them. Okay. So 200 houses. I think that we probably have placed tenants in four or 500 in eight years. Um, we've been, we've been doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. We've got the, we can look in the rear view mirror. We've done, we barely made it through the recession. Praise the Lord. We got mm-hmm. through, um, bounced across the bottom, didn't fall completely on our face, kept going, got up and started walking. Then we started speed walking. Then we started running. Then we started sprinting and we've been sprinting now for a couple of years. What's going to happen next year? Did you bring your crystal ball with you? <laughs> Is this market going to continue? Are we, should we slow down a little bit? What should we do? We're going to flatten out. What do you mean flatten out? We're going to flatten out. We're going to, we're not going to have a collapse, but in my opinion, we're going to hold steady. We're not going to continue at this rate of appreciation in this. Well, that's obvious. It's, it's unsustainable. You cannot continually have this kind of growth and appreciation. Rates are going to go up eventually, which is going to put a little bit of a drag on so it. So in your opinion, instead of us having a dip, we may just, stay the same that's what i think is going to happen for a period of time we're going to flatten out for two or three years which is okay mm-hmm. that's good so instead of it, a house selling in a day or two it might actually take a couple of months to sell one sure instead of instead of the phone not ringing from motivated sellers at all we might actually get a couple of calls from motivated sellers that want to sell it might not be so easy for the guy that inherits his house stick a sign up and sell it so fast so they might actually call us because if, if you just tuned in and wonder what we we do, we manage property, we borrow money from investors that get first mortgages on property, and we buy property. So those are kind of our three things that we do. And um, during times like now, it's hard to find the motivated guy to sell the property at the at the low enough price because they can stick a sign up and sell sure. it. So maybe that'll swing a little bit. We might do better in a market that's a little bit slower on our acquisition side. Yes, as as the inventory gets eaten up a little bit, it's going to be more difficult for them. And that's coming. That's coming. It's cyclical, man. It's They'll catch up. The, the inventory is going to get bought up. Well, if the inventory is gone, then there's no inventory. Then that's the opposite of what the, you're saying. The, the inventory is 
is being bought up rapidly right now. Right. But as we plane out. The inventory is going to get bigger. That's right. The inventory is going to get yeah, bigger. Yeah, so as the inventory gets bigger, now it's harder for the guy to sell his house exactly right. quick enough. And then when he, and I always use the inherit because probably a third of what we buy is the, you know, siblings inherit mom's house. Mom had 30 years ago, she updated it maybe. Nothing's been done to the house in 30 years. And when they actually go in and get a contractor estimate to make it gorgeous and retail out of it, by the time they pay the contractor, wait on it to sell, they can probably sell it to us and come within, you know, if there's a couple of siblings within five or $6,000 a piece of what they would make in six months after they flip it. So they can quick sell it and not make five or six grand a piece. And just be done with it. And, and be done with mine it. So we're the, we're the, you know, the pawn shop kind of houses. So that's probably a third of our business is the, in, in the landlords in the same, in the same way. You've got the house that you hadn't been inside of in 10 years and it was a rental for you and your tenant moves out and you go in and it's, the, 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 you didn't know it, but the tenant had dogs. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing another rehab. I've made my money on this. Yeah. They had, they I'm had selling. cats and dogs. And you didn't know it when you drove by there. But when you walk in. And we have seen some of those. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. It smells like <laughs> ammonia. And then we get that call. So that those are the kind of sellers that call us. If you want to sell something, give me a call at 864-444-7650. That's 864-444-7650. We're always looking for more property. Um, so that person calls, and we put the property under contract at a price that makes sense. And then, of course, we call somebody that's willing to lend us the money to buy the house and fix it up. That lender earns a return on their money with a first mortgage against the house. We either fix it up and rent it or we fix it up and sell it. If we fix it up and rent it, then we send a payment out every month to the lender. They get a just get a check in the mail. And when you say rent, usually we're we're owner financing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I say rent, I don't mean rent. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Correct me on that. We own our finance houses. I don't like being the L word. The landlord, that's a curse word at DHB. We don't do yeah. that. I like being the other L word. So lender. what are the two L words? Lander. Lender. Lender, landlord. Not What's lender. the difference between the lender and the lander? And the, <laughs> oh, you know, my, my, my niece just started lander. Maybe that's why I'm saying lander. She started lander. lander. Yeah, she just moved in. It's because you're yeah, they, You know, in, they get their own room now. Like in the dorm is They're their spoiled, own man. room. These kids are spoiled. I know. But if you want to know what the difference between a landlord and a lender is, we'll talk more about that after the bottom of the hour break. And a lander. Now is the great time to call in 235-9405. That's 864-235-9405. Call in. Ask questions. We'll be back. We're going to talk about lending versus landlording. If you're behind payments and need a little cash you can call jason dillard if you need to sell fast call 444-7650 call 444-7650 if you're tired of tenants toilets and trash you can call jason dillard if you need a little cash Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard. If you want to sell a house quickly, again, that's my phone number, 864-444-7650. You can also go to webuyhousesupstate.com, webuyhousesupstate.com, fill out the form, and somebody will respond to you, come out and look at your property, make you an offer, 
And if you don't take it, it's okay. If you take it, you'll have money within a couple weeks, three weeks, depending on how fast we can line up the closing and get the attorneys on board. Um, which is one of, you know, if somebody hadn't ever sold a house before that inherits it, have you ever had anybody wanting to know why you can't just pay them right now? Sure. Like, Here, well, I'm ready to buy it. Okay, okay yeah. here's your money. And it's not like buying a car. You can't whip out the title to the car and sign the back of the title and hand them the car and the title and they, and you drive away in the car. Houses, you have to actually check to see if you're really the owner, get an attorney in our state. It's an attorney state in South Carolina. Make sure the attorney has it scheduled on their calendar for you to come in. You sign the deed into our name. We give the money to the attorney. The attorney gives you the money. Um, so it, it takes a couple weeks at minimum, um, to, to get you your money if you're selling something fast. So when you say yeah. fast, um, fast in real estate is not as fast as fast as two weeks. Takes that yeah. time for them to do the title we, search and we've done it quicker, but I hate to promise that because now you're, you're not under promising and over delivering. Huh. When you, un- when you're promising somebody you can buy their house in a week, you're not under promising. You're over promising. Yeah. And yeah, I would rather promise three weeks and get it closed and in these, two. And these attorneys are slam. They're slam. They're gang going gangbusters. Yeah. In the market. Now, again, we can move. And that's another point. We used to back in when the Rochette session was still happening and the attorneys weren't as busy. The title abstractors weren't as busy. We could close something in about two weeks on average. So if we started title today, two weeks later, we're probably having a closing. Well, the reason is the title abstractor didn't have as much to do. So. The abstractor would be at the courthouse the next day or the day after mm-hmm. pulling title. And then the day after that, they had it sent to the attorney. The attorney reviewed it. And within a week, we knew what we were doing and we could schedule a closing. Uh-uh. Not right now. Because the title abstractors are, are behind. You know, they put you on the list of, of being next. And next may be, it ain't like the barbershop. It ain't like you go to the barbershop <laughs> next. And you can count one, two, three, four people are in front of you, and you're you're only gonna you can get your hair cut in a couple of couple people. Next might be the the lines around the around the that's right the block at the barber shop. Oh, yeah. you're, you're in line, but you're standing outside in the rain waiting on the barber to cut somebody's hair, right? So mm-hmm. you just don't because it's so busy right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting to sell a house, um, remember give us a little time, give us about three weeks probably to get your money in your pocket but again. we're a lot quicker than going the other route oh a lot if you list quicker it, if you list it to retail out of it and it and you list it and get it on the market today and somebody comes in and makes an appointment to see it in a couple of days then they decide that they're going to write an offer it takes another day then they of course you got to check and make sure their loan's going to work and then there's inspections and then there's yeah appraisal so and then there's 60 days yeah, is a good if, if I was going to quick sell something through the normal traditional means, quick is about the fastest is about 60 days. 45 is screaming. 60, yeah. Yes, yeah, 45 is screaming fast. 60 is fast. It, it's a 45 if it's a conventional. It's a 60 if it's a USDA or FHA, something like that. Now, if somebody pays cash. That's different. That, that might happen in 30, but they, they're still probably going to. If they they're should. not going to do an inspection. And they need to do inspection. Sure. Why would you buy something that's that expensive without doing a home inspection? Just to, you know, sure. especially when you're paying retail for it. It's different for us. Sure. If somebody wants to sell a house that's in disrepair and we're buying it at a discount, and we decide we don't not going to do a home inspection, we're just going to get our contractor to give us a bid, and the contractor bid comes in okay, and then he gets into the 
into under the floor and finds out that they were termites. Well, yeah, a couple three thousand dollars more. Let's just fix it and keep going. You know, we may not have an inspection done because we have a spread. We have room to keep moving quickly. I don't need to get a home inspection. Now we've been bitten a couple of times. We've got had some foundation issues on one. Did we happens. just have to redo the foundation on one? That happens. And that was um, only just a measly eight grand. Well, that's only eight grand. That's only. Eight I mean, grand. Tracy and I, we like to buy houses that don't have wells, <laughs> don't have water taps. We messed that up one time. <laughs> Punching that that well cost ten because of how deep it was. But that that's another point to the new investor. Don't do just one. You know, if you if you just in any business, don't have just one of anything. Don't have just one customer. Don't have just. I mean, if you're cutting grass and you're really going to be a the, the the grass cutter extraordinaire. Go get fifty of them. Go get fifty houses and get busy. That yeah. way, when that way, when one of the houses decides they're going to let their teenager cut the grass and they fire <laughs> you, you still got forty nine others that mm-hmm. you're cutting. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense to not have one house or one flip going. One flip. You, that's I was talking to another investor in Simpsonville a couple of months ago, and they've quit their job to flip houses. I'm like, how's it going? It's going great, man. It's going great. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we flipped this house last year. We made 25 grand, and then we flipped the other one at the end of the year. We made 30 grand. We flipped this house here, and but we haven't had anything close in three or four months, and we got to let this one sell, but it's not selling for us to make our money. I'm like, well, what else you got on the market right now? Oh, that's the only one. Ouch. And I'm like, well, what if that one doesn't sell? How are you going to pay your living expenses? Oh, it's got to sell. It's got to sell. Yeah. Well, what if it doesn't sell? Mm-hmm. Well, it's got to sell. Okay. What if you had two houses that would have one or the other could sell and you could pay your expenses? Then the odds are twice as high that one would sell. Sure. What if you had three? What if you had four? Doesn't it make more sense to get a little bit bigger mm-hmm. if you're going to quit your job? Same thing with rentals. Yeah, yeah. You know, you own don't quit the job. Five or six rentals. It doesn't take that many of them not paying or air conditioner blow up mm-hmm. and all your cash flow is gone. But when you own 50 or 60 rentals, when one doesn't pay, it's not as painful. So get a little bit bigger before you quit your job. And that's, and that's another job. reason why not to have rentals. That's a good segue. When the air condition blows up, you just lost a whole year of profit right there. Exactly. Now, if you're different like we are, we're different and don't care who knows it. <laughs> Something about us is not the same. That's yeah. plagiarism, man. Is that they're not in business anymore? They're not in business. Ameri- that was American Federal. Yeah, you can't plagiarize people that are, I guess, gone. I don't know. Anyway, if you like, I love this this story. This is a great story. We sell our finance, and I think you placed a tenant over in the house over near Donaldson Center. Um, family moves in. It was the area was kind of sketchy. So when we flipped, this was back when we were putting. Um, cages on all our air conditioning systems we had a couple of air conditioning systems get stolen so we decided we would spend the money when we put a family before we put a family house and caged it so we put a new air conditioning system in we caged it we fixed the house up gave the house to scott scott went out and got three or four or five thousand down 800 a month families living in the house they're paying they've been living there for a couple of years and the phone rings and it's the tenant the tenant buyer the 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 borrower since we're a lender calls and and you would think their mindset is still i'm a tenant even though you try to teach the family that they're really 
buying the house. They're not really a tenant. So they call, and the first thing out of his mouth was, I need some help. I need somebody to come down here and help me with this air conditioning system. I don't know what y'all were thinking, but I'm not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, what do you mean? What's wrong with the air conditioning system? Well, my HVAC guy is here to fix my air conditioner, and I can't get the cage off of it. Yep. And I need somebody to bring the key, and I can't believe you sold me this house and didn't and forgot to give me the key to my air conditioning system. Wasn't that a great call? And we went down there so fast with the key to that that master lock. Man, yeah, it made your head spin. Mm-hmm. So think about that a minute. You got a tenant that would call about air conditioning not working, and the conversation would go kind of like this: When are y'all gonna come fix the air conditioning? Okay, you got a borrower. Call about the air conditioning system not working. And his question was, when can you bring the lock, the key to the lock, so my air conditioning guy can, can fix, fix it. it? That's the difference. It's a beautiful thing. So if you're wondering how much money that saves, well, all you have to do is the math. How much does the air conditioning system cost? How often do you have to replace one? And how many calls, how, how, what is that worth? How many calls as a landlord do you get? For maintenance, we don't take maintenance calls. Well, we take them, but then we explain to them that we don't take them. I, I, I educate them pretty good on the front side. I mean, occasionally, you know, people are going to try stuff, but we educate them pretty good on the front side. They, they know what they're getting into. I just tell them, you know, if you get a bank mortgage from Bank of America and you get a roof leak, do you call Bank of America? No. No. You so, call a roofer. Yeah, we're the same as... As so they get America, we are the Bank of America to them. That's right. And, and we're a lot easier. Them, and we're giving them an opportunity that they can't get from Bank of America. So 90, you know, we talked about the horror story a minute ago about the one that took six months. 90% of them are so grateful that we're giving them the opportunity to buy a house instead of just rent. They're awesome. It's, right. the, it's the one out of 10 that there's issues. There's with. always a percentage. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning how we do that, go to FlexibleSeller.com. If you got questions about how we buy houses, how we borrow money, or about how we manage property, now's a great time to call in. Last break of the program's coming up. 235-9405 is the number. That's 864-235-9405. When we come back, we want to talk about, we want to talk to the real estate agents in the room, the commercial agents in the room. We're going to have a marketing session coming up on September 20th, and we're going to talk about that. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, and I buy houses, borrow money, and we manage property for only 50 bucks a month. If you want to learn about how we can help you with your real estate needs, give us a call at 864-444-7650. Maybe you got a house that you just want to get rid of, the tenants quit paying, and you don't even want to go back inside of it anymore. That's a great lead for us. Give us a call at 864-444-7650. Maybe you've got a house that... um you thought was going to sell, you went ahead and bought a second house, and now you're making two house payments. Maybe the house is worth 200 and you owe 180 and you think that we can't buy it. We can. Give us a call at 864-444-7650. Maybe you've got a CD that's about to mature. you got <laughs> 150 grand in it, and uh, the banker wants you to renew for 60 months at 1.5%. Do Don't do it. Um, well, we pay eight. So if eight sounds better than one and a half with a first mortgage against real estate that's worth, like for, for example, the 150 that we're in and have a need for right now, the houses are selling for 240. 
So you've got a lot of spread there that protects your investment. Give us a call, 864-444-7650. Another thing that's really cool that's coming up that I want to promote is we just started up our um, commercial real estate club that's for principals and brokers, people that own commercial real estate or people are commercial brokers. And we're going to be getting together and we're going to be doing a marketing session on September the 20th. So marketing sessions for real estate is very specialized and it's very unique. It's actually kind of hard to explain to somebody that's never been to one what it's like. It's kind of like telling, telling me, telling you what a banana tastes like. <laughs> you know, tell me what a banana tastes like, Scott. <laughs> what does it taste like? I've never had one. Tell me. Uh, yeah. What, it's What's like, the best thing to do if you want to know what a banana tastes like? Taste it. Go, go take a bite of a banana. So if you want to know what a marketing session is like, you can go to jasondiller.com, and there's a page on there called GEMS, G-E-M-S, G-E-M-S, Greenville Equity Marketing Sessions. It's brand new. You can sign up for the September 20th marketing session. You need to be a broker or own commercial real estate, and we're going to get together, and we're going to have a marketing session. I'm going to learn about what you have to sell or what you, what cash you might want to place. And I'm going to show, tell you what I have, what I have to sell and what cash or debt or, um, deals that I want to do deals with. And we're going to trade and maybe the benefit you're looking for, I have and the benefit that you're, that I'm looking for, you have. So real estate's about benefits. Ownership of real estate is a bundle of benefits and obligations. Mm -hmm. So if you're obligated, think about that a minute. Don't just take out the real estate completely and just think of the benefits and obligations. So, Scott, you own real estate. You own some uh, properties that are seller financed. What is the benefit you have of owning your house that you seller financed to the family living in it? What benefit do you have? Cash flow. You got cash flow. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? What other benefit? Um, there's tax benefits. So you, you got tax shelter. Mm-hmm. So, so you can depreciate shelter. the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got cash flow and tax shelter. Um, what other benefits do you have? There's, you know, if you want to, is it, it safe? I think so. It's safe. I mean, there's, there's okay, an so equity. The, there's, so you're, that, you're creating it, equity. So you have safe investment with cash flow. I mean, it's not a stock. It can't go to zero tomorrow. Because it's real estate. Unless a new kids or something. Okay. But yeah. Now, at the same time, so you got say it's safe, there's cash flow, and there's tax shelter. And tax shelter. But what about the obligations? What obligations do you have? What do you have to do to keep ownership of this property? What do I have to do? Yeah. I don't think I have to do hardly anything. Well, what, what if the tenant buyer doesn't pay the taxes sure yes i would have to keep you're right i'd have to obligated to pay the taxes every Mm -hmm. year especially if the tenant buyer didn't pay that's right do you have it insured yes okay so now you don't have to insure it right but it would be foolish not to so you kind of have an obligation of having to buy the insurance buy the taxes what about every month do you make sure they pay yes okay so there's some management obligations yes even though it's a small little sliver of your time it's taken some time for you to manage that property. And so it's, so there's your obligations. So you have a bundle of benefits mm-hmm. and a bundle of obligations. I got to make my 
taxes and insurance payment if my tenant buyer quits paying. I got to manage my tenant buyer. That's my obligations. Mm-hmm. Now, the other, but the benefit is I got cash flow, I got tax shelter, and it's really safe because you, I know you don't like the leverage. You probably got them paid off. So safe, safety is, is key for you. So who out there is listening right now would love to have that bundle of benefit and obligations? What is your, pick one of your houses just in your brain. What price would you sell the, that house for? Give me a number. 50 grand. You have one you sell for 50? Uh, um, I have one that I would sell for 120. 120. Okay, so if anybody's out there that has 120,000 and it's sitting in their bank right now, what benefit are they getting from the cash sitting in the bank? Very little. It's going down in value, right? Because <laughs> it's the, the, it's the, not keeping up with inflation. Okay, so they, they've got cash in the bank, and but they would like to trade their cash that's losing money sitting in the bank, and they're willing to take the cash flow, the tax shelter, and the safety, but they're also willing to be obligated and be on the hook if the tenant buyer quits paying to fix the house back up. Sure, if they're willing to be an active investor. And manage it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bundle of benefit and obligations. So that's the marketing session. We just had one right here on the radio. So you've got, a. if there was anybody in the marketing session that had 120000 that Cash just sitting around, just sitting there making nothing, then they might like the benefits you're giving them. Now, the return you're giving them might have to be better than the 120 I don't know. I mean, we don't have to get into that on the radio. But the return might only be 6% for the price that um, Scott's willing to sell his house for. They might want it for cheaper to get their return up, and then there's no deal there. But if Scott had two houses under contract that were identical to the one that he's got right now, would you rather have two houses just like the one you have or just one? Two. You would rather have two than one? Yeah. Okay, so go out and make two, like make two. an offer for 60 apiece on two houses just like the one, the one that you have. Contingent upon financing. Go to the marketing session. Sell your house you own for 120. Turn around, buy the two. That's a marketing session. Now you've improved your position. Now you've got two houses instead of one. You've got more cash flow, more tax shelter, more obligations. You got to pay two tax bills every year. You got to manage two tenant buyers. But you've sure. improved your position. I tell sure. people when you come to a marketing session, it's kind of like UFC. <laughs> you know, you ever seen the UFC fights? Financial Where, UFC. Yes, yeah, financial UFC, man. You got to get in there and fight and figure out what's going to work for you and, and improve your position. And then if you just get stuck on the mat and wrestling around with somebody and you're not improving your position and they're not improving their position, you know what the referee does? He stands them up. He stands them up. Moderator Start system, over. Yeah. Start over. This isn't helping you or you. Start yeah. over. Let's find what's really going to help both of you. And yeah, the moderator in the marketing session is like the referee. So the moderator goes, that doesn't make sense for him. That doesn't make sense for her. Let's switch from her to other her. Because I heard them say a minute ago, they're seeking that benefit. Let's Mm -hmm. see if that'll match. And you leave the marketing session and you've traded some properties, but you really traded, you traded deeds and you traded cash for deeds. And it's an exchange. 
every, every real estate transaction is an exchange. Every one of them. But, but if you're changing deeds like that, doesn't that save a lot in taxes if you're doing that? If, especially if you've owned it for a long time and you've depreciated it down. So that's another benefit. So yeah, maybe, swapping deeds, so maybe not- the fact that you, you go to cash on your house, you got a big tax bill. Mm-hmm. But if you say, no, I won't take the 120 unless I can spend it in the other two houses, now you don't have a tax bill. So if I was going to buy something for 250 I could bring 130 cash in my house and move up into a bigger asset, and now I've saved a lot in taxes. Yes. As long as the seller of the house will take your house and sure. cash. So it's, it's a, it's, you make a lot of offers and a lot of proposals in a marketing session and, and 90% of them never come to fruition because they're all figuring out what will might work. What will might work? Is that, is that correct English? <laughs> but when you figure out what will work, then you have a closing and it's, it's been really beneficial for us. I've love, I love it. It's fun for me. Um, we've actually gone to marketing sessions before and traded five houses as a down payment on an office building. So the seller of the office building didn't go to cash completely. He went down in in equity to the five houses, and he still he had less income, but still has some. So he didn't go to complete cash and lose all his income. He didn't lose all his tax shelter. He didn't pay have to pay all his capital gain. He only had to pay a portion of it. In the meantime, he's got houses that are paying him a payment every month, and we use the houses as a down payment on the office building. We own the office building now. So that's an example of what could happen. So if you're a broker or a principal, or if you want to tell a broker, um, maybe you ha- maybe you're you're the owner and you need your real estate broker to get your commercial property sold. Tell them to go to jasondiller.com, click on the gems page, read a little bit about it. If you got a question, you can always call me. My number is 864-444-7650. That's 864-444-7650. Um and we'll be glad to explain to you how equity marketing works if you want to learn more about the national groups um there's a group called nce national council of exchangers you can go to their website and read about how they do exchange meetings every um, other month in las vegas um there's society of exchange counselors that has a meeting every other month that's the one that i attend um for example i'm going to be going to detroit in september and doing exactly what i'm talking about with national group with a hundred guys and gals and seeing what we can trade and exchange that that gives the benefits we're looking for to our clients or ourselves. So, again, go to jasondillard.com to learn more about how we borrow money. You can learn how we um, – the opportunities we have right now. There's an opportunities page on there. And you can also learn about the Greenville Equity Marketing Sessions. This is a kickoff on September the 20th. Tell your people, your agents, your commercial brokers about it, and it's going to be fun. So if you got questions, again, call me at 864-444-7650. Scott, appreciate you being here. You're way better than Tracy anyway. Just kidding, Tracy, if you're listening. And remember, the biggest reason for failure, it's not like a knowledge or ability. It's in action. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every single time. <laughs> 